to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. We're going to be looking at the Christmas story, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Title of the message is, The Savior is Born. Again, we're looking at the Christmas story. Don't you love the Christmas story? Can I have a show of hands who doesn't like the Christmas story? (laughs) That's good. Good. We're in good company then. It's the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll tell you, I never get tired of reading the story, talking about this wonderful story. Some say it's the greatest story ever told, and so it is a great story. I want to remind us, as I'm sure all of us know this, but it's, this is a true story. This isn't a made-up story. It's not something that somebody made up. This is an actual account, a, a true story, how God, the Son, clothed himself in humanity and became a man. Does that just blow your mind when you think of that? God, the Son, became a man, clothed himself in humanity, and came to this earth. And that's the story that we're going to be looking at. He left his majesty, he left his glory, and he became a man. So why don't we go ahead, let's take a look at this wonderful story. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What a story. Mary's visited by this angel, Gabriel. I don't know about you, but I look forward to meeting Gabriel, don't you? For you note takers, do you realize that Gabriel's name means warrior of God? Warrior of God, that's what his name means. And, and this is, you know, early on in the chapter, remember Zechariah, he was the priest and he was offering incense on the uh, altar of incense in the holy place. And remember this angel, Gabriel, visited Zechariah. And remember what he told him. He said that you're going to have, you know, Elizabeth is going to have a son. And remember what Zechariah, what he said. He, he didn't believe it. He says, well, you know, I'm old. My wife's, you know, very old. And, and basically, you've got the wrong address. He didn't believe. It says he didn't believe it. And do you remember what happened to him? He was mute because of it. He wasn't able to talk because of his unbelief. 
And the angel told him, the angel said, you know, this is going to accomplish, this is going to take place, and, you know, this is going to happen, but you're not going to be able to talk until it's fulfilled, until this takes place. And look with me, it's in this chapter, so why don't you look back at verse 19. I love this verse. This is what the angel said to Gabriel during that time. I'm, I'm sorry, to, uh, said to uh, Zechariah this time. Verse 19, check that out. And the angel answered and said to him, as he was doubting, he says, I am Gabriel, but this is the part that I love, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you this good tithing. Just something about that stands out. So this is the Gabriel. This is the Christmas story. This is the, the warrior of God that visits you know, this, this priest as he's offering up incense. But he says, I stand in the presence of God. And I was thinking through that with the Christmas story and the importance of, you know, because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, we too can stand in the presence of God. Do you realize that? We can, we can hang out in the presence of God. And God's omnipresent. God's always with us. But to, to stop and to, to realize that God is here and we can stay in his presence. And I wonder, you know, I think of Moses, how he had the, you know, you know, the Shekinah glory because he was in the presence of God for some time, you know, and he was just shining. What about this angel that's always in the presence of God? I wonder how he just, sh- just shines so brightly because of the, the presence of God. And my question is, are we hanging out in the presence of God? We get to. We, we get to hang out in his presence. We can spend time in his presence. So it's funny, you know, during this time of year, people come because it's Christmas. You know, next week, I'm sure we'll probably have more people that we haven't seen. You know, people usually Christmas times will say, hey, pastor, you know, how you doing? Good to see you. And I'm like, oh, what's your name? I was here last Christmas. You know, like, oh, great. That's nice. We'll see you on Easter. But we get to hang out in the presence of God. And something special happens when we hang out corporately like this. Jesus said, you know, he, the Bible tells us, if two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be in your midst. And when we gather together as a group, he meets with us in a special way. Gabriel, this warrior of God, meets with Mary now, six months later. He meets with her. And look at verse 26 again, if you can, with me, back in our text. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Here this angel was sent by God. That, that stands out. God sent this angel. It wasn't like, you know, Gabriel just says, you know what, I think, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, talk to Mary. No, no, God sent him. He, he was on a special assignment from God. God gave him a, a, a special assignment. And think of this assignment that he had to announce the coming of the Savior of the world. And I, I, I think through it. Do you, do, do you ever do this? I, I think through this like, you know, how did all that work? Did all the angels, the multitude of angels are there, and how did it work? He says, you know, did he say, Gabriel, you, you're the one. You're the one to send my message to Mary for, and to announce the Savior is coming. And, and I wonder, I think through, did all the other angels, I mean, I don't know if they have, you know, envy or what, but they're like, why him? And how did he pick it? You know, did they, you know, draw angelic straws or something? I don't know. But he had a special assignment to announce the coming of the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. As believers, I believe that we're all sent by God. And we all have a special assignment here on this earth. My question is, do you know what your special assignment is? And I believe day by day, God sends us and gives us special assignments. And it's so good when we stand in the presence of God, when we hang out with him, we know what our assignment is for the day. We, we report for duty. What is it, Lord? Who is it, Lord? What do you want me to do, Lord? 
I'm reporting for duty. I'm here in your presence. What do you want? Gabriel, in the presence of God, sent out with a special assignment. I believe yesterday I had a special assignment. I was at the frozen yogurt store. (laughs) That wasn't my special assignment, though. It was so funny. I was there, you know, I was getting, a, you know, kind of stretching my diet out a little bit, which has been great. Thank you for your prayers. But I'm getting my little frozen yogurt thing, and these girls, these, these three young ladies come in, and they've got this little guitar out of tune. They can barely play it, and they're, they're going around singing Christmas carols. And it was so cute. You know, they're just going, ding, ding, ding. They're trying to sing and stuff. And it was just really cute. And I'm getting my, I'm looking at my ice cream. And the Lord's saying, go talk to them. I'm like, well, Lord, can I at least get the rest of my ice cream? (laughs) So I filled up, you know, my ice cream. And I I went, you know, they walked out of the store. And I just engaged with them and said, you know, you know, what are you guys doing? How come you're out singing? And they said, well, you know, it's a charity thing. You know, there's an orphanage and da-da-da-da. And they gave me the whole spiel and went on. I was like, yeah, you know. And I reached in my pocket and I gave them a little bit of money and said, yeah, great, that's awesome. You know, is it a Christian organization? No. And, and then the Lord just opened a door to talk about Jesus. And the craziest thing, this happens all the time. I'm standing outside of this store and I said, Jesus. And these girls, as soon as I said Jesus, they looked around like this, like, is somebody watching me talk to this guy? He's used the J word. And I looked at these three. I said, did you notice what you just did? I, you know, we're talking. Everything's going fine. I'm giving you money and everything's great. And you guys are laughing. Everything's fun. And I just said, Jesus. And all of a sudden, you became so nervous. And they're like, yeah. And then they're looking around. I says, I says you, know, you, you know, who cares what anybody thinks right now? I says, Jesus is truly the reason for this season. And I did my best to share the gospel. And, and the Holy Spirit was working in a special way in their hearts. And all of a sudden, they were wanting to hear more. And they were listening and saying, yeah, well, I go to this church. And, I, but, you know, and, uh, and then you know, I explained to them the relationship we can have with Jesus. But I believe it was a special assignment. God prompted my heart. Go, I want you to talk with those guys. Paul the Apostle said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. I'm not ashamed of it. And the power of God, the, the gospel is so powerful that if we can just get it out, it, it can be so uncomfortable. It can, be, it can make people uncomfortable just using the gospel, sharing the good news. But, but we have a special assignment this, during this season and every day, really. But during this season, we need to tell people we need to keep Christ in Christmas because they're throwing him out. And as Christians... We have an assignment to let them know, let's not take Christ out of Christmas. This is what Christmas is all about. It's about Christ, our Savior, Christ's Mass. This angel had a special assignment. I think about on December 17th, 2011, as most of you know, I received a call from my brother that my, my dad that lives in Michigan, lived in Michigan, had cancer throughout his body, and they gave him only weeks to live, and he wasn't saved. He wasn't born again at the time. And most of you know the story, but as I was getting ready to fly out to see my dad before he went to step into eternity, I was going through scriptures. I was just praying, okay, what scripture, Lord? What scripture? This scripture, which one? Show me. And I'm just like writing down scripture, just figuring out what scripture to use. And my dad has to be saved. You know, There's no way he's going to step into eternity without knowing Jesus. And Lord, I know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And I was just so determined. That was my assignment. And this is what I'm going to do. And God says, no, that's not your assignment. 
I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> this is the assignment. You know, you know I, I want to be used, God. And, and he's like, no. And he spoke so clearly to my heart. And I, I've told this story before, but God says, you love him, I'll save him. I was ready to just hammer him with the scriptures. You know, <laughs> Sit down, Dad. This is what the Bible says. Look, here it is. And I, I guess that wasn't the assignment. God didn't, didn't want it to work that way. But I'm so thankful that he spoke to my heart before I flew out to Michigan. And, and he said, just love on him. And that took a lot of pressure off of us. We were just like, come on, Lord, did, you know, just use us, fill us with your love. And we just kept loving on him, loving on him, loving on him. And the Lord just opened that wide door for us, as you know. And one of the nights we were talking to him, we were talking about heaven. And, and I just started crying. I said, Dad, I can't, I can't live with the fact you're going to step into eternity with a question mark. Maybe you can live with that. I can't live with that. And as I was crying, my dad stood up and grabbed me and hugged me with a big bear hug. And he started crying. I said, Dad, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. He's the only way to heaven. You need to pray. Accept Jesus Christ into your life. You need to repent of your sins. Dad, are you ready for this? And he says, yeah, son. And right there, we were just holding each other, and he prayed, and he received Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. But I believe it was the assignment. It was the way God wanted it. And it was funny when I was praying with my son, Dad, I said, you know you're a sinner. He goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know I'm a sinner, son. <laughs> no question there. My sister told me on his deathbed when the hospice people were there, she was in the room with them singing praise songs and worshiping Jesus. And my dad lifted up his hands as he was worshiping Jesus as she was singing. And then his hands fell down and he stepped into eternity, worshiping the Lord. What a way to go to heaven, eh? Gabriel sending the message. Mary, you're going to be with child. Mary, you're going to have a son. Mary, I'm sent by God. Look back in her text. Verse 27. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. We all know this story. The Christmas story. I believe it's very essential that we believe in what this says right here, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. It makes it very clear to a virgin betrothed to a man. Betrothal. In their culture, first there was the engagement. The engagement could take place, you know, most of you probably know this, but, you know, you can actually have engagement take place like at three or four, five or six years old, there's an engagement that takes place. Did you guys know that in that culture? The parents would choose and say, oh, you know, I, you know little so-and-so would go great with your daughter and let's, let's, let's get them engaged. And they would agree on it. And they would say, they're engaged. Then there was a betrothal time, and that was, you know, there was like a certificate. There was bond, you know, making it a bond, but yet it wasn't consummated yet. And typically about a year later, they would consummate, and there would be the the full-on marriage. So during this time, they didn't know each other. She's still a virgin. But it's essential that we believe in this. There's, you know, there's many churches that teach, well, really, she was just a maiden, and that word just, you know, could mean maiden and all this other stuff. No, she was a virgin, Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. This was prophesied that she would be a virgin and she would bring forth Emmanuel. 
I don't know if you heard this, the talk show host, Larry King, he was asked a question, if you could select one person in all history to interview, who would that person be? And Larry King answered and said, he would like to sit down and talk with Jesus Christ. And he said, I quote, I would like to ask him if he was indeed virgin born. The answer to that question, he said, would define history for me. Well, Larry King, yes, he was virgin born. Do you believe that? I think it's essential. Let's go back in our text. Verse 28, and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Rejoice, highly favored one. What a greeting. Could you imagine meeting an angel, a warrior like Gabriel? Could you imagine that? And he's saying, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord's with you. It says she was afraid, and I'm sure she was. Every, just about every time you, you read about you know, someone having an encounter with an angel, it's like fear. It's like, whoa. It's like, what is this? Is that something? Angels are all around us right now. The Bible makes it very clear. We can't see. Our eyes are not equipped to look into the spiritual realm, but if we could look in the spiritual realm, there's angels hanging out all around us. And Mary's eyes were open, and she could see this angel. And this angel gives her a great greeting and says, you are highly favored. Rejoice. This is a good greeting. This is good news that I have for you. Interesting, the word highly favored is used only two times in the Bible. That word, highly favored. Speaking of Mary, she's highly favored because she's bringing forth the Messiah. But did you know that God calls you and I as Christians the same word, highly favored? Only two times, two times in the entire Bible. There in Ephesians 1, verse 6, it says, He has made us accepted. It's the same Greek word. He has made you highly favored in the beloved. So the greeting that the angel gave to, to Mary is, that, you know, you're, you're highly favored. Well, God says through Paul the Apostle as he wrote this, he says, you're highly favored. I don't know about you, but I love reminding myself of that. I'm highly favored. When, when times are going rough in my life or there's difficulty that comes with it, I'm highly favored. God favors me, highly favored. He shows me grace. He's, he, you know, I'm a, you know, it's funny, it's interesting. My wife, every once in a while, she'll say, you know, you're God's favorite. She'll tell me that. I'll say, well, wait a second. I know, it's so sweet, isn't it? <laughs> I says, well, honey, your theology's not right because, you know, God has no respect for a person. We're all favored. And she goes, yeah, but you're going to find out when we get to heaven. You're one of his favorites. <laughs> How can you argue with that? <laughs> But I'd like to say to you this morning, if you're a Christian, you are one of God's favorites. You are God's favorite. You are highly favored. The enemy is so crafty, isn't he? Constantly bringing condemnation, constantly bringing attacks on the mind and on your thoughts, constantly trying to bring you down, constantly trying to bring you into oppression, constantly trying to, to bring you, you know, into depression, constantly trying to you know, bring you down, spiritually and mentally and emotionally. Well, I want to remind you here this morning, God's word says you are highly favored if you're a born-again Christian here today. And God loves you with his everlasting love. The same greeting that Mary received goes out to the believer. You are accepted in the beloved. You are highly 
favored by God. Psalm 512 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Notice Gabriel says, Blessed are you among women. He doesn't say, Blessed are you above women. I like to point that out because there's no scripture that would suggest that we are to worship Mary or to pray to Mary. Matter of fact, there's scripture that tells us we shouldn't pray to other people. We're to pray directly to God through Jesus Christ. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's worth pointing out because some people, they exalt Mary into a place where she shouldn't be, but then on the other hand, some people put Mary in a place where, you know, down low when they, where she shouldn't be also. She is highly favored among women. She was the one chosen to bring forth the Messiah into this world. God used this wonderful woman, and she was, in God's eyes, highly favored. But we're not to put her in a place. We're not to pray to her. I've had friends of mine that good friends of mine. They say, "Well, if you need to, if you want to get to God, you go through. You know, you go through the mother." That's what they say, and they, they believe that. You know, we, I can have better chances when I go through Mary and I pray to Mary. I have friends of mine, they have a picture. One, someone I, I was talking with has a picture of Mary. She bows down to Mary, and she, she you know, worships and praises Mary and, then, and prays to Mary. But the scripture makes it clear we don't do that. Some people put her in a place, they call her a co-redeemer. She's not a co-redeemer. I like to point out... In Luke 147, Mary's word said, says, this is Mary speaking. She says, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. God, my Savior. Only a sinner needs a Savior. So if you think Mary is sinless, no, she's not. She was a sinner. She needed a Savior. And she was very favored. She's a blessing. But she's not a co-redeemer. She is not someone were to pray to. She's not someone were to worship. And again, a good scripture, Luke 147, where Mary says, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Let's look back on our text. Verse 29. You can look down there with me, please. It says, but when she saw him, the angel, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. So it shows she was afraid. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Lord, or excuse me, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary's afraid. She's trying to figure this out. She's not doubting. She's just trying to figure this out. You know, how is this going to work? Why am I highly favored? Why am I blessed? How can I have a child when I haven't known a man? And Gabriel makes it very clear this is going to be supernatural. The child that you're going to carry is going to be the Son of God. God will be the Father. And she gets it. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd love to wish you and your family a very blessed Christmas. And also, I'd like to take this time to invite you, the K-Wave audience, to our fourth annual Christmas drama play, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. 
It's a free event. We'd love if you can come and join us. We have five performances beginning on Monday, December 14th, Tuesday the 15th, Thursday the 17th, Friday on the 18th, and Sunday for our last performance on the 20th. They're all at 7 p.m., so we'd look forward to seeing you out there. So God bless you, and have a very Merry Christmas. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. Glory.